0: Welcome to Everything Retirement Planning. This is Daryl Jermosco, and this is episode number 13. Avoid these nine scary money mistakes. Hey, before we get started, discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer member, FINRA, SIPC. So nine scary money mistakes. Kind of a little late on the scary thing, being November 20th and uh, Halloween was like three weeks ago or whatever it was. But anyways, you know what? We are trying to avoid making mistakes, just money mistakes in general, right? So these are... So I think pretty simple. I think you you know um, we can get our arms around these, So it's kind of nice. I think we'll go through these pretty easily. Uh, so if anything kind of hits you in the face, uh, take note of that. And what are you going to do about it is a question. So we'll jump in. Mistake number one: you don't have a financial plan based on your goals. I mean, this is the if yeah, this is the biggest mistake. I don't. Know, I'm not sure if I'm going to say that more than. Uh, ones here in this episode, but really, it's so crazy um, the power of having a plan. Uh, I know right now in your life, if you were to reflect on um, times you're having success, you know, getting results in your life, I bet, I really bet that you had some sort of plan in place and maybe you had a coach, you know, to even help back that up a little bit. Uh, but it, it's it's huge, you know. So having a plan is is the biggest mistake. People they don't have one. They don't have a plan. Huge mistake. Um, that's why I specialize, and that's my biggest thing. That's my process. Is clients working with me will have a plan. Will have a retirement plan, and uh, we work on these things because. Then when, they, when we have reviews or questions, we go back to the plan. Hey, okay, you wanna make this change in your life? You you wanna shift money, spend money, do something, sell something, buy something? What's, the, let's go back to the plan. At least, it's not that you're not gonna do this, but is there a consequence to this? You know, how does this impact your plan? You gotta know the stuff, right? So it gives you guidance, it's that blueprint. It's, it's so, so, so critical. And a quote that I use a lot, it's people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. All right, so that's a huge, huge mistake. I mean, I really feel like we can stop here, right? We don't need the other mistakes. Get your financial plan, retirement plan, you know, whatever your goals are in play, and that might be cash flow, it might be a budget, it might be debt reduction, it might be how do we do the college thing? How do we, you know, do that and you know become hopefully you know, independent and uh you know retire someday? All these things are going through your mind. And and one added thing when I'm I, I don't look as a plan as a as a photo, like a static shot in time. A plan is fluid, it's always changing because your life is always changing, right? So, anyways, I think you got my point. It's I'm very passionate about that. Uh, don't make a mistake. Don't sh- you know shoot by the hip. Don't say, "Oh, I'm not qualified. I'm too young or I'm too old. I don't have enough money. I have this. I have that." Just you know, reach out to me if you want to. We can have a conversation and see where you're at. All right. Mistake number two: you wait too long to start saving and investing, and that that's going to go right back to plan. To mistake number one: not having a plan in play. You know, uh, you put a plan in place, you see the the. Power Power of compounding interest. You don't need to be a rocket science. You don't need to be a genius to go. That just makes sense, right? I don't need to. This isn't that. This doesn't need to be that complicated. And but it helps to have that plan. It helps to see the projections. It helps to see. I think it motivates people it they it clicks you know, especially if there's a visual aspect to it they, they can see it growing kind of like the the uh, the chart you know it's it's smaller 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 but it gets wider and wider kind of like a mountain that's growing that could be their investments so um, you know the best time to start is today so don't beat yourself up i have a webinar that i've done on retirement for late starters you know what it, 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 there's no judgment here it's like just get going just start all right, figure it out. Get a plan in place. Be held, dis- you know, have some discipline, have some accountability, and you know, good things are gonna are gonna show up. All right, I, I guarantee you this: good things gonna show up uh, from doing something versus not doing something. All right, so gotta get up our butts, and we gotta get maybe a little uncomfortable. Get you know, get this stuff, and uh, get to an advisor, and start having the conversation. Invest in yourself. And it, it, you know, you're going to be happy. To just at least get it in front of you, um, and then that that roadmap of just constantly hitting those mile markers. Looking back on, look what we accomplished, you know. So, um, don't rule yourself out. Well, I've I've waited so long, so it doesn't matter now. That that's just bad thinking. That's just a real limiting thought right there. Anyways, all right, moving on. Mistake number three: uh, you f- you fail to diversify your portfolio based on your tolerance for risk. So, yeah, that's huge. Uh, listen, I have a unique process, um, and I'm going to talk about this at the end of my um, episode here, where you can actually go and take a look at um, a, a questionnaire, and in that questionnaire, it'll actually put a number on your your actual risk tolerance. So it's really cool, really cool resource. Uh, real quick here, I'm going to check my. I feel like I have an echo. Maybe it's just me. All right, let's see if that helps. Okay, anyways, um, moving on. So uh, that's really key, obviously, is, is everyone has their own risk tolerance, all right? Um, you got to find out what yours is. And like I said, at the end of my episode, I've got a cool resource uh, for you to take a look at. Okay, cool. Moving on. Mistake number four: you don't pay attention to investment costs and taxes. Here's the deal. I know this as a fact. Most people spend more time, and of course, in their careers, their family schedules and you know, their priorities, they're not paying attention to their investments, even though it's going to be something as life goes on, it's become more and more important. Well, you can't go back and go, oh, man, if I would have just done my studies and my research and my homework or asked the right questions, um, things could have been a little bit better for me. Unfortunately, we just can't go back in time. You know, it's it's not uh, something that we can do. So I would say you want to have uh, an advisor who's transparent, uh, or if you don't have an advisor. You know, look at your 401 k that information is in there, you know, so I'm not saying go for the cheapest investments um no way, I'm not saying that because you just got to know what the objective is of that particular investment. Some of them uh trade a lot more uh, there's a little more risk involved and and there's going to be a little more higher cost there's nothing wrong with that just as long as you know what the expectation is and then monitor it you know if, if you're not meeting your expectation then uh, and, and there's high cost. Well, then, then you can make decisions, okay? And then taxes is along the way. I mean, if you have a tax qualified, um, using fancy verbiage for saying a four hundred one k or an IRA, basically meaning retirement money that is uh, protected for the most part, for at least for now. I'm not going to get into all the details of different accounts, but um, you're not going to be paying taxes on it as long as the money is inside these, you know, four hundred one k or a 403b or any sort of a, most likely any sort of uh, plan you have through your employer or if you have an IRA of some sort, you don't have to worry about taxes on that. however, if you have uh, money outside of those, you know uh, once again it just depends it really depends on what your goals are what your objectives are but we've got to be mindful of those of those taxes. Uh, most taxes that I'm getting involved in with with the way I just said and in addition to, when you start pulling money out of your retirement accounts, you got to be mindful of that and have a strategy around that, uh, especially on the taxes. All right, so um, you got to do it right because if you don't, uh, you can't can't like I said, it can't be a redo. Oops, I made a mistake the last three years. I was pulling money out of the wrong account and um, you know I got uh, taxed too much. It's too late. You Can't go back. All right, so make sure. You're doing your homework. You have a plan in place, and you're dealing with somebody that understands uh, how this all works. All right, moving on. Mistake number five is uh, you, you forget to rebalance your portfolio. Now, this one is it over. You know, over time, it can make a big difference. What rebalancing is is say you invest in, a, let's just keep it real simple, seventy percent stock, thirty percent bond. Well, through the course of you know trading and um, the stock market, bond market. At the end of the year, that might be 72.28. 28. mean, because the, the stocks grew and the bonds maybe you know um, went down a little bit. So the allocation changed 72 uh, to to 28. Originally it was a 70.30. Now that's not a big deal, but let's say it went from, I'm gonna exaggerate here, let's say it went from an 80.20. It was a 70.30, now it's an 80.20. Well, that's a whole different kind of allocation. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, but... That means equities and stocks are doing pretty well because if they're growing more, now it's a higher part, portion or allocation of my portfolio. True, but what happens when you rebalance, you bring it back down to your original allocation, 70-30, then you're going to be protected because let's just face it, when the stock market goes for a run, what's it do? Maybe the next year it kind of comes back down is you're honoring your 70-30. You're going to be better off if you're, if you're really, you know, keeping your portfolio in shape is basically what rebalancing is doing. Uh, this is why most people don't do it, is they don't pay attention to their accounts. That's just a huge problem, all right? But you have to. You got to take a look at what's my, number one, where's my allocation? How should my proportion be between stocks, you know, bonds, cash, and other, right? What, what's the right one for me? That kind of goes back to risk tolerance. And that also should go back to your financial plan, right? This, these are all connected, right? You can't isolate just one and, and think that's it. Because to me, it's about a plan. The plan has these projections and numbers that we want to see are we are we close to or are we hitting these because if we're hitting these that's what's all that matters right i don't need to hit grand slams all the time if if i'm my portfolio does seven percent my investments do seven percent i see what that means to me in the future it means it hits my goals why be greedy why take the risk anyways that's the conversation i'd be having with you uh, but then it'd be look at your risk tolerance, design a portfolio around that. And then obviously, you know, you got to maintain and manage the, the, the portfolio. And one thing is that rebalancing, you know, it doesn't need to be rebalanced quarterly or it, really once a year is a, is a fair amount to kind of go back and take a look at how it's doing. Hopefully you're you're checking in throughout the year, but the rebalancing, you know, once a year is probably going to be, be good enough. All right. Mistake number six, you try to time the market. All right. Man, if if we all had the, you know that, um, crystal ball, we knew the future. Hey, awesome, have fun, go for it. You got to be a long term investor. All right, I know you've probably have heard this, but you got to, you know, ultimately, ultimately, you have to be a long term planner. What's your plan say? you know, and maintaining that plan and your goals and where you are in life and what's going on. And that is so critical. That That's, if you're doing that minimally once a year with a planner, it's going to be huge. You're not going to need to time the market, right? I know there's a lot of significance and egos and greed involved with, you know, bragging, you know, about the water cooler, how you got into an apple and it was $2 or, you know, and then it went up to a hundred, whatever, you know. Or this new IPO, this new stock that just came out, new company went out, and, and you know, you, you looked at the chart and you got in low and sold high, and you know what? It just takes a lot of devotion to do those kinds of things to be that kind of active trader, active investor. All right, that's to say you can't do that if that's your strategy. But even people that are doing that, they still have a a, a a normal portfolio that they're managing like everybody else, and giving it some time, and they're long-term investors, and they're taking part of their money and. You know, and they might be doing a little more active stuff with it, but you don't want to time the market. You don't don't think we're smarter than the market. The market is just there's so much such a dynamic to it that you, know, you can you're just gonna get you know um, fooled many times over. So you just don't want to do that and be careful and check in with your greed. If you're feeling that, that's okay. It's human to want to be like, I want to you know if I could just buy that that fund or that stock and you know just whatever grow you know triple double whatever you want. That's okay to feel that way, but remember: Do you even need that? Once again, go back to your plan. What's your plan say? What are the numbers, projections, you know, scenarios, uh, probabilities? You know, look at that. Look at that. That's gonna that's gonna be guidance to making decisions. And that thing isn't perfect, but it's gonna give you the information you want to see to make decisions. All right. And I I know I've never seen it in my planning. It's, there's never been a decision, you know what? We gotta start planning, we gotta start timing the market. I think that's where we are at. <laughs> I mean, it's just not gonna be the case. All right. Uh, mistake number seven is you react emotionally to news and sell sell the investments. Um, it does happen and um the market uh so I've been in, in the market now. Um let's just say 94. You know, you know and even before that, as a student studying, I wasn't you know a real you know investment stock guy going crazy, but i you know part of my major in studies is finances we definitely had investment classes and courses and stuff like that so could, I could easily say in the nineties uh looking at the markets um and it's kind of you know the, the point is is my, what's my point is it's it's so much more volatile now because it, the, the the entry to access is so different you know when I was a, I could say I, I can say this I was a stockbroker meaning you couldn't make a stock trade unless you're working with somebody like me now as you if you don't know this that's totally a change you can go up and, and jump online now and look at online brokerages and with your phone right and set up an account in three minutes and have it you know. Making trades. The point is, is because of the point of entry has gotten so easy to the stock market. There's more money. There's more people doing stupid things, and uh, there's there's a, a lot of volatility. That's my whole point is the volatility. So with volatility, it, it really can tug at your heart. You know, um, people will get on their phones. Uh, this is probably the younger generation. Uh, where they've got, you know, online brokerages, access to on their phones. And uh, these uh, these brokerages will gamify it a little bit, you know, uh, give you a free trade, uh, do certain things and, uh, and that can get people into trouble. So, I mean, it's great. They're investing, but the, here's the thing. There's not really investing. Yeah. You know what they're doing. It's, it's like gambling for the most part, um, but all the stuff is going on and there's a lot of money being moved. Um, the, the, the stock market is, it's, it, it, it's crazy in one week, you know, it's like last week, it was, it was a very positive week. The week before that was, was more of a negative week. The markets were down, you know, if you're, so if you're looking at it, it's like up and down and it, it can tug at you. And that's where you got to be careful. And that's where it's nice to have a conversation with somebody go, Hey, this is really bothering me. Okay. I get it. Let's, let's take a look at once again, I'm, I'm like a broken record. Let's take a look at your plan. All right. So let's go back to that and see what our goals are. See what our our targets are for a rate of return in order to hit our goals, and of course we got to adjust. And you know, that's what I said. The the planning is long term as well. It's very fluid. It's always changing. All right, so that it, that's going to ground you a little bit. All right, and also looking at all all other aspects of your financial plan um, to be on top of those things, it's going to give you a better view and uh, know where you're going, and and then know where your mile markers are, and keep checking in, and and keep working that plan uh, as life continues to move on. All right, so don't get caught up in the the tug of the stock market emotionally, or, or oh, I missed out. I, oh you know, my, that stock went up, you know, six thousand percent. Why wasn't I in it? I mean, well, I mean, and the the um the media sources love to talk about those things, you know. So when they're talking about them, then then you think, oh, I wish I would have gotten into it, and unfortunately, you weren't. And it's it's uh, very difficult. So, anyways, to get in those, know that stuff ahead of time. But the media likes to talk about it. It's it's good news. It's exciting to talk about, but it can it can tug at you a little bit, thinking, oh, I should have been in, you know, in that investment and and gotten that kind of return, and then all of a sudden you're trying to play the market and doing those playing your own timing and it can get really messy. So um, once again, just just have a plan in place and, and work it. Okay, all right. Mistake number eight is you don't have an emergency fund. This is really the foundations to financial planning uh, question I'd be asking people. If you don't have one, okay, that's okay. You're not, you're not doing anything wrong. You're not a bad person, but let's just, how do we get one? And why do we need an emergency fund? We need an emergency fund for exactly what it says for that emergency. Cars, appliances, you know, life changes. You got to drop, you know, and get two airline tickets because a family member needs you across the country or something. Uh, we just don't know. Right, um, things happen that they have dollar signs attached to them that we could never ever have planned for. Well, if we don't have funds set aside, um, you know, then then we're pulling from you know where are we pulling from? You know, it's a stressful month because we had to pull from our checking account uh, that's already been it for the most part the money's accounted for for our normal budget. Um, or we're, you know, pulling money that, that's not considered really in the emergency reserve fund and we're pulling money from there. We're borrowing, we're using a credit cards, you know, we're, we're just, it's, it just kind of gets, can get messy. Um, so I would suggest right here with this one is if you can just get some money set aside, um, in a savings account in your check, you know, within your bank or even a brokerage account. you know, $1,000, just get $1,000 in there, um, Regardless of what's going on in your life. Oh, I got credit cards and I own, you know, I have a mortgage and I have, you know, uh, auto loans. I get it. But that emergency is still, it could be necessary and be needed. Uh, and then you can work in that three to six months after you can hopefully pay down some, some debts and then start shifting that money over to then building a bigger emergency reserve fund. Um, everyone needs one. This isn't like, um, you know, after you hit a certain age, you're, you know, you all of a sudden, you're too good for it, and you don't need it. Everyone needs an emergency fund. Um, it's necessary at all, all all aspects of our life. Okay, so something to work on. Like I said, you, know, you can get a small amount, a thousand dollars. Put it somewhere safe, you know, money market, uh, savings accounts, um, and just know that that's something shows up, you can go to that, and then um, go back to your goals. And if you are in a situation where you have some debts and you need to reduce reduce those, really you know, really focus on these, those debts and start, you know, putting a plan in place to, 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 uh, get rid of them. All right. So that was number eight. The last one, mistake number nine is, uh, you don't have a spending plan. It's a funny, you know, spending plan sounds better than budget, doesn't it? Uh, but these are just the fundamentals of success right here. You know, emergency reserve fund, having a, a spending plan or a budget. I mean, you need to have these things so, so critically important. Um, because if you don't, you're just really shooting by the hip, and you probably know that, right? Uh, so this will all go back to that first mistake, right? If you don't have a financial plan in place, um, that's a huge mistake. If you have one, you're you're going in the right direction. All these things we talked about will not be mistakes. You'll be uh, it'll be in your it'll be on your dashboard. It'll be on your conscious mind. You can start putting goals behind these things, holding yourself accountable. It may not happen all overnight. So there's a really good chance it won't. It might take take some time. You know, that's okay. As long as you got it in play and you see the prioritizing and, and you're staying on top of it, um, it's, just, it's a wonderful thing for you, you and your family and your future, okay? All right, so those are mistakes. Let's avoid those mistakes. And as I mentioned earlier on mistake, what was it, mistake number four? Um no, I'm sorry, it was mistake number three in regards to your portfolio based on you know, your your risk or tolerance for risk. So in my show notes, I have a really cool questionnaire. It's called Find Your Risk Number. Check that out. It actually quantifies and puts a number on your risk. It's 1 to 99. 1 is obviously money underneath the mattress. 99 is going to be your high-tech stock. Very, very risky um, can you stomach the, the the swings and the ups and the downs of that and then all in between all right so you could take that risk questionnaire it 's pretty pretty amazing actually uh, probably very different than you 've ever seen if you 've ever done a risk tolerance uh, questionnaire take it less than five minutes all right and uh, so go ahead and do that the link to do that is in uh, the show notes of this episode all right so with that uh, cool thanks for being here and I look forward to talking to you real soon bye for now